This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Last minute winners or stoppage time winners is, is nothing better, and, and what a feeling with the away end we had today as well. Um, going one 0 down, it was, it was a great feeling, and obviously me scoring it as well was unbelievable. To be honest with me, I think that's the biggest part of the game. What he did there is, I think it's just as important as my header scoring the winner. Um, that clearance was unbelievable. The guy, I thought the guy had a really good header, flick back. He was going in, and he come out of nowhere. I didn't even see him come out of nowhere and just bicycle kicked it away, and it, that today got us the three points. I think. As far as grabbing the headlines go, Ollie Hawkins' swooping header at the death is what defined the scoreline. But in reality, a number of factors contributed as the Stags run out 2-1 winners at Crewe at the weekend. Having gone a goal down despite dominating the game, Nigel Clough knew it was law to spark a comeback with so many travelling fans watching on. A superb pass from Jason Law followed by a pinpoint tackle hold and give proved to be the key. But we can't not mention Elliot Hewitt's heroic bicycle kick to prevent a late equaliser either. Tonight we'll delve into what we think was the ultimate decider as we also talk lights on or lights off, Friday night football and much, much more, including, as ever, your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the podcast which follows the club who regularly give us heart attacks. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because heart attacks always matter. The Stags left it late on Saturday at Crewe, but got the three points they so, so wanted. Can you just turn that down a little bit, please, Clive? If you don't mind, I can, I, uh, I can, I can hear myself coming back. I think you had the volume on slightly. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, as you can see, I've got Clive, Alan and Nathan with me back in the, the room again. It's becoming more of a regular thing now, this again, isn't it? This, do you know what, Nate? This feels so 2000 and... What was it? 2018? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's mainly my idea. And have you noticed that our form's had an upturn since we... Oh, here we go. We're not even... I'm on, I'm on what, fire we, this season. Four minutes <laughs> in and we've, we've, Nathan's gone I'm right with... I'm into that. Yeah. I'm into that, Nathan. Yeah, well done. Oh. Me and Al. Uh, Dream team. To be fair, that's it. I, you know, I used, when it used to be like this, I used to come and pick you up. So I don't have to... Or take you back now. Yeah, but now I don't get my dog on the way back, so I'm well, in a bit, bit lost. But, well, you'll have to have a word, won't you? You'll have to have a word. Well, Shocking. Well, me and Nathan used to have to, date before, night. we used to have like date night. And we used to, you know, we used to go to McDonald's and take it in turns in, in paying and, and stuff. Or every week it was my week, it always seemed to be KFC that we used to go to, which was, I don't know why, it was never my choice. And then, uh, more expensive. Uh, and... That obviously stopped, and now Nathan's moaning that he doesn't get it with you. So <laughs> it's all just tuned in. I know. I know. He's never mentioned it. And well, there you go. There you go. I suppose we should talk about full time, really, shouldn't oh, right. we? Uh, go off on a tangent three minutes in it's all good uh, as always come and have your say on your team why because Mansfield always matters get involved in the comments and I'll squint towards the screen to try and read them because you know Clive what we did was we said we need somebody who can be on the, the screen 
to, to look at the comments. And his job, it specifically is to read those comments. We even sing him live jingles, and he just buggers off to Asda. Are we talking about one job Fenton here? Fenton, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fenton. Fenton. That's his new nickname. That's his new nickname, bless him. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Yes, we are. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be all... S- Nathan's closest to the screen. He has kindly volunteered to read the comments. So Nathan, so it's it's comments with Nathan. Comments with Nathan. Comments with Nathan. Comment, Roger King says Nathan Edge, what a legend. Oh, cheers, Roger. I mean, you've got the person right. To be fair. Oh, so uh, do we need to week. do what you're going to say? <laughs> that house might be coming into disrepute now, mightn't it? But there you go. Right. Don't tell him. I agree. Don't tell him. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, Roger does actually say, I couldn't quite believe it on Saturday as I thought Stags were having, were heading for a defeat. It's a funny old game. And let's start with that, Alan. It is a funny old game, isn't it? Because me and Clive were sat in the stands together and we were saying, you know what, for all this possession, for all this dominance of midfield, we'll lose this 1-0. And what happened after we said that? They scored. After 70 minutes, we ended as well. Mm. Oh, was it 72? I thought it was 70, but never mind. I'm not splitting ears. The, uh, they did. We'd got, we were all over. I was listening to it on iFollow. We were all over them like a rash. And then we just, you know, the, and when they scored, you just thought, oh, art sank a bit. And then obviously, with the gentleman tying his boots for us, bless him. Oh, yeah. The subs came on and did the bit. No, it, what else can you say? It serves them right. It certainly does. And, you know, we were sort of saying, weren't we? We were debating about how long would go. I think we were all surprised a little bit when eight minutes went up, Clive, weren't we? Well, actually, I've got to give credit to the officials for putting eight minutes up because they don't normally take into account all the time wasting that clubs do. But it was so blatant. I mean, the guy doing his laces took a full two minutes to, to, to do them. He's still doing them, isn't he? <laughs> I think he is, mate. Yeah, I think he is. He needs some Valkyrie, though. He's clearly struggling. <laughs> so there was an awful lot of poetic justice, I thought. Yeah, there certainly was. And Nath, you know, Ollie Hawkins said it in his post-match interview, when you come from behind and end up scoring in the, the last minute, last minute winners are, are always great, especially when there's a uh, a good following as the, there, are, there, there was at Crew. It's one of those stands, isn't it, Crew away, which runs the length of the pitch, lovely away. And I actually quite like enjoy going there because you can get a decent enough view. We pretty much had halfway line. It's quite closed in as well. So the noise levels mag- magnify as well. And I think we made the most of it, didn't we? Yeah, um, you know, I, I was saying to uh, to Alan in the car, it's it's like you, the game was frustrating toward you know you kind of knew that goal was coming for them because of how we dominated but didn't put one away. Um, but I think if you could, if you could choose to go behind, if if you knew you was going to go behind and win in that fashion, I think I'd rather that than just a one 0 win to be honest because the emotions uh, you go through a bit of a roller coaster for the last uh, you know twenty minutes twenty minutes odd. It's um, that's what football is, isn't it? And I think. With a, with a great following, I think it was the highest in uh, in League One and League Two. I'm going on uh, Clive's uh, stats there. So. Yeah, but a long way clear of the second best in our league. Yeah, so um, you know, to to do that in front of fans like that. Uh, in that atmosphere, it just, just tops it off, really. I'm not sure I'd want to go through that every week, though, Alan, going behind and then scoring in the last-minute wins. I, I don't think my heart could take it. I mean, it was bad enough last season when you know, we were having to describe the action on air and then trying to contain your emotions. But when you're in the, the away end and you know, you're know surrounded by all the atmosphere, it it does captivate you. I want to say I think all the neighbours <laughs> probably full street heard me shout when the second one went in, but... What about Elliot Hewitt? Yeah. That bicycle kick clearance, that was unreal. Yeah, it certainly was. I've got a number of bullet points written down for to talk about for, for the crew game, Clive. And one of them in itself is Elliot Hewitt's bicycle kick. He has been thrown under the bus under a number of occasions by Nigel Clough. But to give Clough his credit, he came out and said, you know what? That bicycle kick, that clearance was more important than Ollie Hawkins' goal. Yeah, and Ollie Hawkins said the same thing. He said that was as important as his goal. And, and it was because it prevented them getting an equaliser and me getting my two-all draw forecast. <laughs> but but uh, I'm glad I didn't get it. I'd rather have the points. But uh, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a cracking piece of football. And he had a good game as well. It wasn't just a flash in the pan. He played well all, all through the game, I thought. Yeah, starting to come into his own a little bit now, isn't he, Nathan? I think you can sort of see his passion for for the club and throwing himself on the line now. He's really starting to to to, to grow. Yeah, it's been like that. I think he's been pretty consistent now for 
um, you know, a good six months at, at least. You know, he had that shaky start with us when we we know he got uh, torn apart against Bradford uh, that game with his mate that he didn't want to didn't want to tackle. But um, after a little bit of time, I forget a little bit of time out of the team as well. He, he sort of fought his way back in and. To be for me, it used to be a, t- a name on the team sheet that I used to sort of dread at one point, but now I'm quite happy to see on there. You know, I think we we've got trust in him as as, as majority of fans, and I think the players do as well. So uh, he does fit in nicely back there. He's becoming a real firm favourite, isn't he, Alan? He is with the rest, and I just call him Triple H, Hewitt, <laughs> Harbottle, and uh, Hawkins. Oh. They're doing rather well. I think just Triple H. You know, that's my uh, bit of a signature tune for them now. Triple H, but it is the five, uh, the three at the back, which I don't like, but it seems to be working. We did. So while ever it's working, Craig, just leave it. I mean, we did say, didn't we? You know, yeah. for, for weeks we had this debate. I said I quite liked it if it yeah. if it works if, well and if you play the right people. Yeah. And I was a little bit concerned that we weren't playing the back three. And I have to say, as much as I'm a fan of John Joe O'Toole, I think he's a, a real good player for the team. Said it on a number of occasions. I think we said it, didn't we, on Friday when we did the little pre-record. He doesn't suit a back three. And this triple H, of, as you've now dubbed them, they look a very solid, very tight back three. They, they work well with each other. They understand each other. And it just bounces off each other well. It's like we've said before, especially you, when you said, you know, Perch can only play one side or he's better one side or O'Toole's better the other side. Them three just seem to gel. You know, whether they've found their right position, you know, is you know, they prefer to play with Hawkins in the centre and one either side, I'm not sure. But, you know, it just seems to work and uh, long may it continue. Let's delve into some comments. Clive's got them in front of him. Yeah, there's not... Um, not, not many people. Not many people think it was a bad result. Most people thought it was a good result. Looking at this, um, you'd hope so. <laughs> Three person aboard, you'd hope so. Uh, so uh, Roger says uh, crew got what they deserved with their gamesmanship. Um, absolutely, we've already said that. Adam says I like the Hewitt Harbottle in my back three. The third jury is out, so he's not quite as sure about uh, Hewitt. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I think you're right with the three. I think what I like about that three, by the way, is that Harbottle is so mobile. Mm. And Hewitt's very, very methodical and very tight. And, of course, anything coming down out the gods, um, we've got the man for that job in the middle anyway because he, he doesn't miss much that's in the air. His weakness is when it gets behind him. Well, these other two are picking that up. And they can both run out with the ball and they're not they're very comfortable on the ball, aren't they? I mean, obviously one's at Forest under twenty three, he's never been taught that. But Hewitt, he's not frightened to take a man on and he's quite sharp as well. And what I really like at the minute, Nathan, is the fact that Cal Gordon's finally getting some game time. Now I did think for a proportion of the game that our delivery from wide areas was nowhere near good enough, nor was it from set pieces, but the fact that Kel Gordon's on the right-hand side, I think it gives Hewitt a little bit more freedom as well. And I think we, the longer that it goes on with the, the triple H, as Alan called it, as the, the, the central defensive three, with Gordon at right-back, I think we will start to stretch teams a lot, lot more. And then we almost sort of flip between dropping into a four, dropping into a five, and really controlling and dominating on the halfway line. Yeah, I mean, the, the system we, we play at the moment does, does suit Gordon, which is kind of what we... We're hoping we wanted him to get back into the team, and it looks like he's now got his got his chance and he's keeping his place. So that's uh, you know credit to him for for doing that. But um, I remember last year it seemed to be a lot of our goals with or, or attacks were going down the left with Quinn and McLaughlin. That wasn't necessarily a bad thing because you know they they were on fire for portions of the season, but we didn't have that much to threat down the right. So it wasn't difficult for teams to necessarily figure us out. But I think this time. Even if um, you know Gordon's end product might not always be on point every single time, we've got a threat to go either side. So you know we've always got that gives a, gives the opposition something different to think about. And although you might not have the perfect um, you know crossing every single time, you know one out of so many are, are going to reach a man, and it's just up to them in the box then to put it away. And that was probably our issue for a well, That wasn't our only issue on on uh, on Saturday because obviously like I said the deliveries weren't really there, but. Um, when we do start hitting a bit of goal-scoring form with our strikers, you know, you'd like to think that the more those balls that go in there, the more there's going to be players bouncing. Let's talk Stephen Quinn for a second, Clive. He got his uh, opportunity on Saturday, obviously, with Anthony Hartigan being out. Nathan mentioned it there last season. A lot of the time, we did play down the left-hand side with McLaughlin and Quinn. Obviously, it was more of a, a back flat-back four then with a more expansive midfield. 
with the five, I think that Quinn can sometimes get a little bit lost. I thought we saw that a lot on Saturday. And when we were talking about, you know, the balls from wide areas not being good enough, I actually felt a lot of that was McLaughlin and Quinn sort of getting in each other's way, not quite understanding slight tweak in positional play from going from a flat back four to playing with the two wing backs. I think you're right. It looks like a bit of a, a misunderstanding mark half the time. They, they, uh, they're both good players and they both work well together in the, in the right format. But I don't think McLaughlin's on his best form. He hasn't been for a while, I don't think. Uh, and Quinn, well, clearly he, uh, he needs to be instrumental when he's on the pitch. He's no good just trying to be a playmaker. He has to, has to force things through. And he's a tenacious player, and he's, that's why he gets so many cautions. And in fact, he got one, didn't he, on Saturday, which ultimately meant that he needed to be taken off. And I think he'd run out of energy anyway. Yeah. And I think that's Quinn now, isn't it? That's He's a 60-minute man. Yeah. Um, but you'd want him in your squad anytime. Mm. You, you, saw, you saw his passion at full time, and you can still see how, you know, it was, it was very, very hacked off when he was taken off. I think he felt that he'd not contributed enough and not given enough to the game, but in actual fact, the substitution that we made was the substitution which eventually led to us, you know, going on and, and get there. I think a lot of people perhaps saw Kieran Wallace coming on, Alan, as a little bit of a negative, but I think he actually, a lot, we, you know, we'll talk more about Jason Law and giving him the plaudits as well. But Kieran Wallace is another one of those players that people perceive as a negative substitution. But actually, you look at the way he plays, he can sit deep, he'll play first, second time passes, he spreads the ball well. And you look at that winning goal, gets into a really good area to spread it wide to McLaughlin, then drops off to allow some space for McLaughlin to knock the ball back to him and whips in a delicious ball. And I think he deserves a lot more credit than he gets. And I think over the season, especially that now that Boateng and Hartigan are both missing, this is Wallace's time to say, this is my shirt. I just hope that when he plays, he untucks it. Yeah, well, <laughs> two points there. First of all, I slightly disagree with uh, Clive on McLaughlin's form. I think he's doing all right. I think he's doing okay. He's surging forward like Hewitt does. And more often than not, you know, he can beat a man. McLaughlin. But as regards to the other chap who came on, who gave the uh, winning cross to Hawkins, Wallace, and I were a bit, I thought, you know, oh, should Law come on? But I mean, I'm not the gaffer. Nigel knows what he's doing. He knows the positions that he wants him to play in. And like you said, when he's in the correct position, he can play that first time pass and he's quite physical, but sometimes he gets over physical. So that's what he's got to be careful of. Yeah, it needs a few minutes. But if you look at, you know, the players, we're talking about McLaughlin, Nath, if McLaughlin was to be suspended or injured to try and fit in that system, He'll put Bowery there because that's that's Nigel's go-to thing, put Bowery or Aikens at wing-back. But actually, you've probably got two tailor-made players in Law and Wallace to, to play in that position. Although, personally, I prefer Law in the more yeah. more of the laps, the advance role. But you've still got the two options there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when Law first came onto the scene, he was playing wing-back, wasn't he? Mm. Um, so we do know he can, um, you know, can go in that role. Uh, but just... You know, whilst we're whilst we're on law, first of all, absolutely chuffed for him. Cause, I mean, what a comeback that is uh, to come and come and do that after being out for a little bit and getting a you know a, a go in the team. But we talk about Quinn there. Um, you're saying he's probably only got six minutes in the, in the tank, but for me, it it could be a, a matter of Quinn or Law for me. That those mm. two are the ones that can be replacing each other. Whether even if Law starts, Quinn's come on thirty minutes left or whatever. Um, you know, to put, put his foot on the ball, calm it down, and do what he, you know, do what he has to do. Uh, and you've got uh, Law there, who hope will take a lot of confidence out of uh, Saturday. We know he likes to try and put those ball, you know, those ball forward balls, and that he does so well. It's going to be for me. You've got to have a Swan or Oaks on the pitch for to get the best out of Law. Um, but uh, I, I hope he's uh, going to get a, you know a real good shot at it now because he's. You know, made a big difference. Yeah, he's a very good player as well. Lovely lad off off the pitch as well. I had the pleasure of working with him a couple of times uh, previously. Really nice lad and technically as well, uh, the longest serving player at the club. So snap quiz time. Can you name how many, uh, can you name the number of managers that Law has served under? Don't name them, just give me uh, give me a number and let's see who's right. I'll start with Alan, then go Clive, then Nathan, and then I we'll go with who's closest. I would guess it. Clive. Six. Nathan. Five. Okay, right. Let's have a little guess then, Alan. Go for your name your eight. Oh, 
Obviously. Well, don't open my hat. Don't open my hat. It's a competition. Coughlin. Clough. It was the others. Hold on. <laughs> don't help him. Stop helping him. Struggling here. I've got a brain oh, freeze now. Evening, well, you can carry on now. These two can carry on. <laughs> well, I can take eight's wrong. Yeah, well, but you beat her up there. What did you eight. you said six? Yeah. Nathan said five. One of you is right. One of you is right. Clive's right. Yeah, it, yeah. it is six. It's right. Come on, then. Murray, yeah. Evans. Murray, Evans, Flickcroft, Cochlin. And yeah, Dempster, yeah, Cochrane, Clough. Clough. What about the interim managers? Four club coaches. And Richard Cooper, technically, yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, so I suppose you could have seven. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Anyway, Thanks. Can, can I just say <laughs> somebody else done it to do it for eight? Yeah. yeah. Get back to the pure football for a second. The, the, the line's hot at the moment. People. Oh, go on. Yeah, go for it. Pedro says, "What on earth is in the snack tub?" It looks like. <laughs> it looks like. I was saving that. I'd seen that. Saving it. Alan. Alan, can we have a? Imp- can I have your improv? Can I have the original improvised uh, biscuit jingle, please? The original. Oh, no. The original. <laughs> may have the original. No, I forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were on about these. We say these are fruity flapjacks. No, no the, the, nice. can you not remember the original? Not you, the original. Can you remember one. the current? You know the current one. Vaguely. Go on, give us the current one. Come on. You're here now. Come on. The people, the people have asked. The people want to know. The people want to know. Give him a minute. Give him a minute. Get it sorted. There's some responses from our fans here. Okay, right. We'll let the guesses come in then and I'll reveal the answer and then Alan can do the jingle. And I'll tell you what the original was later. Gary Lou says, she ranks gingerbread men and cookies. Close. And somebody says, that's a great shout. Well, I don't think they're anywhere near right, are they? <laughs> I don't know. Well, then there's... Gingerbread men, yes. Well, I don't know if we... Yeah, well, have you remembered it yet? I mean, there's no yeah, doubt. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's... If you've got a favourite biscuit, tell me now. If you've got a favourite biscuit, tell me now. Custard cream or digest... No. Bourbon or digest... Oh, what was it? Oh. Oh, I can't remember. Favourite biscuit, tell me. Yeah, it was... Bourbon, it was some custard cream or Jaffa, bourbon or digestive. That was it. There you go. Uh, the answer is uh, mini gingerbread men. Uh, there's some chocolate digestives in there, and Alan brought in fruity flapjack cookies. So there you go. Well, I kind of fancy some donut meat now, though. Not <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to see. You'd have to see if Alan will take you there for a date night after. Chip it, chip it, chip Dave says not putting the opposition to the sword could possibly cost us an automatic promotion spot. And he reckons the manager's had enough time to recruit a goal scorer. Well, we've got we've covered that ground before. And Adam says Wallace and Hartigan, both quiet talents, not all singing and dancing, quiet quality. Yeah, okay, and I like that quiet quality is is good indeed. Let's touch upon the point of not finishing our chances, Nate. I think we're slightly unlucky at the mix. I think you get a fully fit oats and you partner him with a fully firing swan. Let's not forget swans coming back from an illness as well. Mm. I think they'd be a very deadly pair, especially given, you know, the support from the likes of your mate Ollie Clark and Lapsley, Law, Maris as well. Um yeah, just, a screamer by the way, you know my mate. Yeah, he did, yeah, your yeah, your best pal. Great save, save by the save keeper. Lovely save by the goalkeeper. But on a serious point, you know, Aiken's good hold up man, but he just He's got to be on his game, and he wasn't on uh, Saturday. And I think that's why a lot of fans are feeling the frustration a little bit. Sometimes that will unlock teams against a team like Crew. I didn't think that would unlock teams, so I probably well, I think why. The crew defenders have got him yeah. parcelled up, good style, and that's going to happen. Mm. You know, if the, if, it, if the team's done its research and realizes what a player's strength is, they'll try and neutralize that, and they did. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we obviously we are missing out, so you would say is our our main striker, isn't he? You know, so uh, it is a blow to not have him in there. And when you look at the rest of the players, obviously we've only just got Swan back from a. He's only been out for a short amount of time, but he's he's a young player. He's got to really sort of find his feet in League Two. So you you got to offer him a bit of bit of time to sort of adjust. But you look at the rest of the players who could go up there. You know, you like to Bowery, Hawkins, Aitkins. You've not got a great deal of pace there. Uh, so it's kind of they're all doing a a similar similar job to to some extent. And then you've got the likes of Lapsley, etc., chipping in. And I think we said this last week, didn't we? It's, 
I'm not overly concerned at the moment whilst our midfield midfielders are chipping in. Because we have got, had quite a few different goal scorers so far this, you know, already this season. So as long as that continues, it's not necessarily uh, a massive issue. It's if those, um, you know, those goals dry up from them, you are going to start you know, relying on the likes of more like Aiken, Swan and, and the ones that are in at the moment. So it's not, it's not the end of the world at the moment, but we can't afford any more injuries at the same time. I think you've got to give Clough a lot of credit though as well for Saturday, Alan, because we were trying to play our usual, what I call almost Clough reluctant style, which is that we're going to try and play around you, play through you, and I'm not going to change it. Then we get a reaction because they score and he does change it because he chucks Hawkins up front, piles long throws in um, and we try and get a little bit more physical. But what we do is we try and play both styles. What we'll do if we'll try and get it out for a throw in and then go physical and try and get the ball into wide areas if we can, but also not be afraid, afraid to thread it through the middle. And that's why the two goals, if you look, were absolutely critical of and key of both styles. Law comes on, gets the ball to his feet and sees a pass through the eye of a needle and plays through Swan and Swan reacts to it in the way that a player of his type does. Then the second goal, again, credit to Law. You won't see it on the highlights because it's in, in the build-up to it, but he win, he closes down closes down on halfway, wins the ball, drops his shoulder, opens space up, holds it up and then spreads it wide and we spread. And by that time, Hawkins has gone up. So we've not got the option of threading a ball through the middle, but we've seen that thing of, right, we now switch from one style to the other. We hold it, get it wide. Hawkins is in there and we get the header and we get the goal. And I think you've got to give Clough a lot of credit for, for saying, no, we try and play both ways. We be patient and we find the openings rather than just be reluctant and just bang our heads against the wall. Well, he said it times many in his interviews, hasn't he? You know, when you were doing them and also when uh, Steve O does them, whoever's doing them, Jay, anybody, he'll tell you everybody each time that he's not frightened to change it. You know, he will change it each and every time that it needs to. You know, if we go two down, he'll change it to something else. And it was a it, point was proven, like we said on Saturday, because when Hawkins, he must have been shattered, I think. <laughs> he did, yeah. That he was shattered, coming up and down all the time, especially the last 20 minutes, because, you know, he's got no pace, but he was there when it mattered. And that's, you know, that's credit, the same as you say, to Nigel Clough. Yeah, it certainly is. And I know we've talked a little bit about him, Nath, but uh, we'll just go back to Jason Law for a second whilst we're talking about those two goals because mm. as critical as Hawkins' bicycle kick was, Law comes on, he knows he's got to make an impact. He knows he's got an opportunity and what a way to do it. And, you know, you often joke about the man of the match, though. It's always someone that starts, but he put himself right in contention and all he did re realistically was two things. One pass, one close down. For me, that showed an all-round midfielder. And I know we mentioned Stephen Quinn earlier, but you can all, all already see the qualities of Stephen Quinn starting to sweep uh, to, to sort of sweep into to Jason Law. Yeah, well, it, it was um, you know, remembering he's still a pretty young young player. So uh, to to come off uh, to come on the on, on the pitch at such a crucial time, you know, one nil <laughs> one nil down. Or was it one? No, one of that one because he played the ball for the first goal. So, yeah. uh, you know, comes on in a lot of players who have sort of uh, come from the youth ranks, etc., into into it. You know, you, you normally expect them maybe just to shy away a little bit, not really go in there and make a big difference. But he had a bit of maturity about it. You know, you know, he came in, he was brave. Um, you know, played for that great, great ball to Swan. But like I said, I think it is on the highlights as well. So just before, just at the very beginning, uh, for the second goal, doing the uh, you know the, the hard work going back and well, getting the role going. You know, it, it get, getting the, the move going. Um, you saw a mixture of his play. So that's what I'm saying. Absolutely, Jeff. From I hope he gets more of an opportunity now. Uh, go on, Al. It's it's not the first time he's done it though, is it? <laughs> I know it is this season, but we've seen it times many. Yeah, we've seen it five or six times that he's done it. You know, in past previous, you know, before he was injured. I remember on Boxing Day yeah. he, when we had injuries and illnesses and we could barely fill a bench. He got a start that day and he was absolutely broke. We were yeah. fuming for about four weeks and he got dropped straight after, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. We couldn't it, understand that. Could we? The mm. lad's got the talent. I just don't like uh, Nathan said that he gets a bit of a run in the side, you know, whether it's off the bench, you know, keep coming off the bench and doing his stuff until he finally knocks on that door and says, look, give me a start. The hardest thing for him is is trying to get into our strongest area yeah. of the pitch, isn't he? When you think yeah. midfield, obviously, we're so, we've got so much talent there. 
Um, it's got a really, it's going to be really tough for him when everyone is fully fit. But like I say this, it's a bit of his opportunity now. While there are a few missing, if he can get on that pitch and show his show his worth, hopefully um, he'll, he'll get get his run that he deserves. It's going to be interesting when Boateng's fit. Where are you going to put him? Because at the moment, I wouldn't want to disrupt the midfield. No. And it's the same with Hartigan. I know he's, he's only missed one game, but again, you've we've got so much quality in that area. That's why I feel sorry for Law, because we've had conversations at under-23 games with uh, Gary Crosby, the assistant manager, and we know how highly he rates him and how highly Clough rates him. But saying that, that doesn't translate to, to game time. And I know last season they were trying to send him out on loan, but then they kept him around to keep the numbers up and all things I like that. his biggest weakness is he's never played for Burton. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 it, it does tend to favour the players that he's, you know. I mean, managers buy players and then want to make sure that people realise it was the right decision to buy them. And they'll play, they'll, if there's any doubt, they'll play the players they've recruited. But he deserves his chance. He has done for the last couple of seasons. And this is the make or break season as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because if he doesn't break through and start holding the place down this year, he has, he has to go. Well, he's what, 21, 22 now? Yeah, something that's like that. That's a footballer's age. That's almost peak career. Absolutely. You're only one, two seasons off yeah. where you hit, you're hitting your peak. But just going back to the bench, I mean, we've talk, spoken before about the quality of our bench. All the players that came on on Saturday all gave a good account of themselves. Mm. In different ways, and in short periods of time, they changed the game. And the, I, I'm quite often critical of Clough because I think he sometimes leaves changes till too late in the game. It was forced on him today, uh, yeah, on Saturday because of their goal, but the, he reacted very, very quickly when they did, and uh, the changes were very useful. Do you think, Alan, we're starting to see a different approach from Nigel Clough now that he's, he knows he's got the five substitutes available to him? Because I think last year, because there was only three, he had a reluctance to make changes in case there was an injury. He was always sort of timid towards making a sub, but now he's got the five. We're starting to see that at certain points in the game, it will hit a certain minute and you know there's going to be a change coming. Well, if you notice, I don't know whether you notice because a little bit, I don't know about Clive, but I'm a bit closer than yourself. Yeah. And you can often see him, you know, with the paper in his hand, you know, quite early on in the second half, you know, wondering it's flapping about, wondering what to do, you know, where to make the change. But he was the one that, he was the only one that I know of that kept saying about these substitutes saying that, you know, I think it's a damn good idea and we ought to keep it, and which it proved right because, uh, you know, when we've needed them, they've come up to the uh, four. Said it time and time again. If there were five subs last season, we would be in League One now, no doubt about it. But again, it's one of those things. And I- I'm quite surprised actually to to hear Clough talk in that way because he's an older manager. You think that they'd want to go down the traditional routes. But actually, at League Two level, with a squad like ours, having five subs is the difference between Law coming on Getting essentially, you know, playing a key part in two goals and Law warming the bench, thinking, "Where's my career going?" It wouldn't have been on with the old substitute exactly. numbers. That is a fact mm. um, because he wasn't that high in the pecking order. Which is, you know, you can debate that one. Aren't we all think he's worth more of a, a, an exposure, but um, he wouldn't have come on with, on, on last season's substitute rules. Mm, absolutely uh, right. Let's uh, talk about one final thing about the crew game, and I'm going to move on to a different topic. Uh, my favourite topic of all: long throw-ins. I love a long throw-in, and against Crew, we started to see it a little bit more come into the fore. And I think this season, slowly, we are starting to see when we get in attacking areas that we are utilising the long throw a little bit more. Not to the full effect, I'll give you that. But we are starting to see it a little bit more. Hewitt saying to Gordon, leave it, get in there. You drop back, Hawks up you go. Same on the left-hand side. Mack has not got as long a throw as what Hewitt has. But Harbottle has got a ferocious long throw on him. Fair to you, and Craig. so you has, uh, what's his name? The centre-forward who comes on. can't think Chris name now. I've got a brain freeze again. Barry? Je- Barry. Have you seen Barry's throw? Mm. It's quality. Mm. He's only done it a couple of times, but it, it is quality. To be fair to Craig, he was calling all through the game for Harbottle to be used on on that wing oh. to, to, for throw-ins, and he did towards the sec- in the second half. Yeah, defend- he does. Well. The, th- the difference is, is there's two types of long throw. There's an attacking long throw and there's a defensive long throw, and Harbottle is utilised for defensive long throws, which I think is great because it gets us up the pitch mm. and it gets us playing higher. But I just want to see him take one attacking throw because if you've got a wide pitch like ours at home or like it was at Crewe, we've got a bit of a run-up, it's it's effective. Hewitt's got a long throw 
which is effective if there's not a man standing in front of him. He struggled on Saturday because Crew figured out after the first couple, put a man in front of him and try and stop the throw because it psychologically means yeah. am I going to am I going to drop yeah. it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it works really well, especially if we work a little bit more on it. Hawkins goes up from back, gets the flick. It's in the mix. You've got all those creative midfielders in there that will throw the bodies on it. I think it's a good weapon. We talk about finding a way to score goals. It's there for all to see, including Nathan. <laughs> I love you. All the players there, you mentioned that a good long throw. They're the kind of players that you also want in the box. <laughs> yeah, that's half the problem, isn't it? No, not really. I did Back in day, I used to have a bit did of you? Yeah. I, mean, I, I do think it adds extra importance to a good long throw because, to be, to be critical, we've not been particularly good at, at crosses. We haven't. We've wasted so many chances that we've created for ourselves by putting in, in inferior crosses into uh, into the attack. Long crosses are the particular ones. You know, firing them way over the other side of the pitch. You need two uh, strikers, on one on each one on the other person's shoulders to get some of them. But it... Um, the, I think you made the point at the match. Mixing it up is what really matters because defenders don't like things being changed in front of them. And to have, you know, crosses that are deep, crosses that are short, low, hard hit crosses, mix them up. Yeah. Every time we get the ball in a wide area, we always look to hit long. We always look to hit a deep cross and hit it high and early. We don't take up, some, sometimes we don't take on the fullback. We don't get to the byline and whip a low ball in to, to put it in the mix. And against a team like Crew, they've you know, they've got big centre halves. They'll just head it away and they'll they'll deal with it. And Aikens couldn't deal with it at all. I understand why you put in high balls in there, but the only person that's effective at winning them is Hawkins and he was at the other end of the pitch for the majority of them. Yeah. So I, I think that you've got to give some credit to Crew. Their backbone yeah. was good. Yeah. It really was good. Um, if they got a weakness, it was the, their attacking midfielders. They weren't that good. But I think they got a couple of injuries anyway. Mm. But uh, all in all, a good day out, good crowd. And uh, the only disappointment was uh, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, it was, to be fair. <laughs> Never go to Starbucks. Cam took us to a Starbucks once. We're on an away trip and said, right, all right, I'll try a hot chocolate from there. It was the worst hot chocolate I've ever tasted. Never trust a Fenton. No. Felton. <laughs> Phantom. <laughs> Phantom of the Cam- Cameron. There you go. Yeah, that bloke from Ali Oaks. There you go. Right, uh, let's move on to the next topics. I think we um, we almost sort of started going into it there in terms of what we're good at and what we're not good at. And it's a simple question. Is, are we at 100% yet in terms of where we can be in terms of dominating games because we're starting to get results we're starting to win games we're starting to put little runs together but performance wise are we at 100% yet personally I don't even think we're, we're, we're at 60 I think we're still a long way off at how good and how devastating Mansfield Town can be I, I, I agree with <clears throat> I agree with the same I'd probably say we're 65 at the moment but it all depends what the other team let you do I mean, I, I know it's going like quite a long way back now, but two matches against Northampton in the playoffs. Hawkins, man at match both times. Daryl Clark thinks about it, watches the matches. Oh, we'll put it either side of him. You know, it all depends what the other team, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer, and if I were Nigel Clough, let them worry about Mansell Town. Don't Mansell Town worry about them to a certain degree. If, it come, if they come at you and they're 2-0 up, well, you've got to change things. But let's go for the jugular straight away and plus it through like we have been doing. But no, I don't think we are full full throttle yet. I think we are quite guilty of uh, underestimating teams, Clive, and almost pandering to their style. We never, we always sort of see this first sort of 15 minutes or so of letting them work us out and us trying to work them out. We should, for me, we should be on it from the start. And no matter where we are, we dominate it. Because you see, when we dominate play, we create chances. Yeah, we're nowhere near 100%, in my opinion. We're competitive, otherwise we wouldn't be six in the league. But what we do not do as well as we could do, and I believe should do, is keep our foot on the throttle. Go back to the Gillingham game. We dominated that game. We controlled that game. Mm. Um, we, we won by two goals still. It should have been more. Yeah. And it seemed to me like we settled a bit. Um, and that's always dangerous with a Mansfield team. Although, to be fair, if we'd have still been playing that game, Gillingham wouldn't have scored a goal. But, uh, and I think I mentioned earlier that we, our quality of our crosses has not been good enough. And and it showed you with the incisive 
direct cut through pass from law that was put away by Swan that we could do with a bit more of that as well. Everything seems to be played out wide at the moment and it'd be nice just to drive one or two forward. Yeah, I think that's a, a very good point. I mean, Nathan, you'll probably get this more than most because obviously you're relying, especially on the home games, to the, the AD commentary and things like that in terms of the way it's built up. You can build a picture up in your mind of how it's going and how it's mapping out. And I, a lot of it does seem to be going, like if I was a commentator, I'd still have to probably ripping my ear out because it's Gordon inside to Hewitt, finds Hawkins. Now it goes into Quinn and there's a lot of tippy tappy passing trying to be neat trying to get trying to like almost trying to beat a record for the amount of passes we get before we shoot drive at players find the passes get that killer touch have a little bit more instinct about us yeah when you look at both ways you know a lot of times we are going maybe from one side to the other but it's also moving the defense around it's it's, it's having that um that them creative players so that's when you look at the midfields you know you like sort of lapsley maris clark you know uh, Boateng when he's in, they and, and and like like Law did in the very little times on the pitch, they've got to unlock that defense. Sometimes take a take a bit of a risk and go a different way, you know, rather than trying to go on the outside and get the crosses in. Like like Clive said, it haven't been pinpoint really for the majority of the season. We've got to try something a little bit different. Um, you know, when you try and put a, a figure on it, where we're at, you know, I'd probably say we're at around seventy for me, because we've played you know a fair few teams so far and. Uh, I don't feel like we've come up against anyone that's looked that great. And I sometimes think, is that because we are matching them pretty well? Or is it a, a poor level of standard this year? Um, a mixture of both. But I think if we can get a bit sharper in front of goal, so the likes of Gillingham, you've got to put another couple in there. Um, and, and if we can just sort out, we seem to still give away a bit of a, not not an easy goal, but you know we seem to have a, a expect to one, one goal against you aka crew you dominate the game but if you don't put it in the back of the net like he wasn't doing um they're going to get a chance so they hit the post as well so let's not forget that so we just got to sharp up in a few areas but i think that's there's not a great deal we need to do to get up to those levels his name is clive parkin he's sat there with his phone it's time to look at facebook to find out who's having a comment or a moan oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Um, Roger, yes, I am Alan Wilson. Roger says, uh, <laughs> Roger says, no, we're not at 100%. We play too much the same way. This is too predictable. Change it, uh, change it up a little. I think I've just said that. Adam says, not 100%, but we've got fighting ourselves, scrapping some wins. That's good. That, that tenacity, that, that not being frightened to get, you, get yourself in there and hurting yourself. In the past, we've had players, Jacob Mellis is a good example, didn't want to put his foot where it hurt. Mm. And... Uh, We've got players, I think, now really care about the shirt they're wearing. And that also says that they're playing for each other and playing for the manager. Yeah, oh, 100%. You want, you want a together squad, don't you? That's always... Whenever you hear anybody about, say, what was the, the key for promotion when they've previously gone up, it's always about being together as a squad. And I think we have got that. Just going back to your point about not coming up against any teams that are hugely better than us, that's true. The team that's running away at the moment, we should have beat them. Yeah. 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 Annihilated. I mean, the, I, I take... See, that one's a really difficult one for me, the Leighton Orient game, because there were so many factors which changed that. You play that on any other day, if you'd have played that Saturday, we would have beaten them. The, the conditions there were just ridiculous. It was so hot. Was hot. One goal was always going to win that game. But again, it's you that thing. Of, in 10 seconds, not yeah, uh, it, it's just, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So it's, I was, yeah. I was reading their forum and their fans were saying how happy they are, for obvious reasons, yeah. wins and one draw. Um, but they still can't understand how they got anything from the Mansfield game. Yeah, it's, it, that will be their anomaly. And I, I don't want that to come and bite us on the backside. You know, this time last year, we were sitting here starting to get concerned because we'd had a great start and then we started to hit that run and we were starting to lose players left, right and centre. And, you know, we hasn't touched wood look like we've done that to too much of a, uh, an extent. But my fear is when that inevitably does happen, because it is part and, part, part and parcel of football, we will have a run where we won't get results and it won't go our way, have we done enough to make sure we've got enough in the bank? It's almost like, you know, when you get your first job and you get your first pay packet, you've got all these things in your mind of what you want to go out and buy and what you want to go out and do with your first pay packet. But if you're not clever enough with your money by putting a hundred quid here or a hundred quid there later on in life, when you haven't got a job, you've got no savings and yeah. I think that's what Mansfield need to do a little bit they need to just turn up the dial and make sure that they've got something in reserve for when that inevitable 
sticky patch does hit. I was say it will come. It usually does, but you know, it might come a lot further down the line and we might be really sailing by then. And none of us have mentioned yet about the hour uh, it put it in, Swan. It was a cracking finish, wasn't it? You know, that's proper quality to chest it down and bang in bottom corner. You know, everybody says about the low pass, but he had he still had to finish it and it was a quality finish. Instinctive finisher, I think there's a lot to come from Will Swan. This year, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's got the confidence to have a go. Uh, there are players in the side that, having just come on, wouldn't have that confidence. Yeah. They'd be looking for a player or whatever to pass to. Yeah, and he looked up, saw, thought he, he stood a chance, and went for it. I do think a lot of the players that have been here longer, under excuse me, under Clough's reign, have that hesitance about them. They think, oh, he wants us to pass it. He wants us to find that extra pass. Just have that little bit of selfishness. I think we lack that a little bit in front of goal. That's my only negative. The only two negatives I've got at the minute is. We don't put decent enough balls in from set plays or from out wide, and we just are a little bit hesitant in front of goal, except for Ollie Clark, who whenever he sees the goal, he sees Nathan Edge in the top corner and thinks, I want to break his face with this shot. And you know what? I don't blame him. That's what I'm he usually to do. gets <laughs> somewhere close. There, he does. Well, we should be making sure that Nathan Edge is behind the goal, really. <laughs> Maybe we should, yeah. Thankfully, I'm back. back uh, Right at the back of the top tier of the West End. Dave uh, suggests we need an out-and-out strike a bit like, the, and I will remember him, Ray Clark. I mean, yeah, what yeah. you need is a bloke whose only job is to score goals. Yeah. Um, or a fox in the box. We, we haven't got that. We haven't done it for a while. I mean, we had, um, what was it, we had a loan from Forest. Walker. 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 Yeah. He was, but he was a bit selfish as well. And I don't think he was particularly team-spirited. Yeah. And I think they're getting the balance right there. At the moment, we can score goals from all sorts of places. <laughs> If we, we get never... a vote on form, you know, remember sometimes last year is it when he he went for a spell where he had a sight of goal and he and he absolutely smashed it. Yeah, yeah. So he, we know he can be one of those players that can be, you know, the, the selfish type, but not over selfish. But at the same time, he can be neutralised by you know by a team that's done its homework. So I think we can't rely on him being the main goal scorer. And in fact, we're proving now we don't need him to be the main goal scorer. Mm. We want him back. Don't get me wrong, because he's an asset. Um, but we are coping quite nicely. And I think you've been saying for a while, one, sooner or later we're going to give somebody a good hiding, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, this Friday. See, I totally agree with that. I think we are, but I also think we aren't because I think we'll get to 2-0 or 3-0 and go, all right, lads, feet up, kettle on, because that's that's how this, this clough side of players to me at the minute. We're, we're not ruthless enough. We're no, not I ruthless enough. Is, yeah, not a bad, bad scoreline. Well, we got more. We didn't really uh, tell the plot. Anomaly. Panel. Slightly disagree because I think it all depends who you're playing against. If you get, you know, like we said, we said earlier on about quarter of an hour ago, we said about really going at them, you know, full throttle, going for the jugular to start with. When Mansell Town, we've always said it, when Mansell Town get an early goal, it's a different side. Mm. The confidence up, they'll play it, you'll play it nicely, you know, they'll pass and they'll go down the side and put it in, you know. Obviously, Hawkins is usually at the back now. But uh, I just I do believe that somebody, and it could be Friday with Hartlepool, although Curly's gone in there now, hasn't he? Yeah, we'll touch more upon them uh, later on. Uh, I'm going to come to my next topic now. It's a, a game show which uh, apparently Noel Edmonds is going to bring to Channel 4. It's called Lights or No Lights. Uh, I know we touched <laughs> upon this a little bit um, uh, on uh, Friday, but since we're all together, let's have more of a discussion on it. Uh, mainly because I had a, a phone call from somebody from BBC Radio 4, I think, today. Um, Dean from the SSA passed it on uh, to me because he BBC couldn't do it. On. I didn't, know. Uh, I didn't. Um, just asking me about what my thoughts were on it. Um, I don't think it was the answer which she was expecting, to be fair, and that's just why I've not had a call back. But let's get <laughs> your guys' uh, take on it because it does beg a belief a little bit that We've moved a game from Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. against Hartlepool to play it under the lights. I understand why, because of the numerical advantage with the fans and stuff. But then on the other hand, the club are putting out statements uh, saying we're going to trial this energy thing. I actually think that the club need to have a little bit of uh, balls here. And actually, if this is true, which I believe it is, come out and say the EFL have asked us and Warsaw to trial this. And we've said yes rather than it, because what the media is perceiving it to be at the minute, and this is exactly what this producer from the radio station wanted me to say today, was we're skinned, we can't afford to pay the bills. Yeah. That's what they're angling. That's what the wider yeah. media are angling for at the minute. Story, yeah, and I'm mind. not having it. And, and and I could tell when we finished the phone call that she would not ring me back. No. I'm going to say, but to be fair, you know the Hartlepool match, that was brought forward 
a long while ago before all this sort of took place, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and a decision before the energy yeah, crisis became yeah, obvious. I agree with that. It came a long way before that. It had always been. It had but, already but been Alan, moved that forward. That just brings me to my pet mode. Anyway, I don't think you should bugger around with fixtures once they're out, unless extreme circumstances you should leave them alone and i feel for the for the people that have bought season tickets to watch a saturday game to then have it moved to a friday when they may be working mm. and or they also may travel from skegness or also wherever. those poor people that you know go and watch the kids on a saturday morning yeah, that's the biggest thing for me get back you know and they've already bought season tickets because we've seen but i i do get the idea of trying to cut down on the cost of floodlighting i buy that but if it's right to try that, they should try it on a league basis. All the teams, one weekend, should try it. All come back with, with data. Well, Mansell seemed to get everything. We had the yellow ball. Yeah. Mansell were the first team to get the yellow ball, weren't they? Friday night against Newport. Mm. And we ended up winning 4 or 5 nil, I think. Well, there we go. If we do these trials more often, we, can we do one every yeah, week? But it seemed, but I agree with Craig. You know, if that's it, you know, come out and say they've asked us to trial it. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. Stop pandering to the EFL because, it's, it, for me, it's it's clearly an EFL choice. You think EFL have asked us to do it? 100%. I think they've gone to us and what, because what, if you look well, in at... In that case, Craig, I believe you, although I've not heard that, but you've got greater insight than I have. Why the hell isn't the media department at Manchester Town Football Club explaining that? Because the EFL would have asked them not to. Yeah, hands are tied. The, the, that's that's why the EFL would have said. I mean, Caroline's getting it, a bit upset. Caroline, yeah. She's, she believes it's reflecting badly on the club's financial. Which goes back to the phone call I had yeah. today. And, and she's saying, hang on, you can't accuse us of being penny pinches because we're certainly not that. Yeah. At one end of the season, people are saying it's a money bags team. Yeah. And now they wanted to say it's a penny pinching team. Well, yeah. It's a narrative. Really, and that's yeah. the problem. We're doing something which, at the end of the day, isn't a make or break for a football club no. in Marshall Town. This is, my views on it are that the EFL have looked at the fixtures and looked at the geography between the two clubs and gone, will it impact on crowd? No, because it's what? What's Warsaw? An, an hour and a half? Yeah. An hour and a half oh, tops. Right. right. So by moving it to one o'clock kickoff, it doesn't affect travel too much. All right. There'll be a small percentage that can't make it because of kids football or, or whatever. Um, but they've gone, they're two clubs who will get a good fan base anyway. It won't impact too much on the crowd. We'll give it a, we'll give it a try. We'll ask them both. And what we'll do is we'll probably give them a little bit of money for doing it to compensate. But in, response to that in uh, in what's the word in exchange of that they've gone oh you can't say that it's it's us you can't say that we've asked you to do it you've got that's a confidentiality thing and then your hands are tied as a media person because um you you've got to explain why you've moved the kickoff the best thing to do would have would have been not to explain it but that's the whole point the EFL want you to explain it but what it does to the wider media who haven't thought about this or have an agenda, which all of these bigger places clearly have, they want to sell the story that we're trying to beat the energy crisis because we're cash-strapped. The only reason someone would try and beat an energy crisis is because they haven't got the money. Those wider media outlets that are doing that are completely and utterly wrong, and I think it's the wrong thing to do. But they have the power to push that story whether they whether we lo- want them to or not, no, we I mean, can't prevent it. The club. It's the embarrass the club, that's all. But um, they will find so they will find a fan that's completely against it and they I mean, will they will twist it. Your dad working on Saturday, he struggled to get to a, a one PM kickoff when he's got various uh, work requirements that he's got to fulfil. I think there are there are gonna be people that I mean, I, I just wonder whether the club has ever thought properly about its fan base. Do they they made no attempt to ask the fans about this. It's obvious. But have they thought about what our crowd's complexion is? It's not just people coming from Ladybrook and Warsaw and from, from Edwinstow or wherever. There are people who travel a long time, a long way to come to a home game. I'm a big fan of what you said before about having some form of consultation. All right, we've got a supporters association who's got, what, five, 600 members, but we've also got a season ticket base of, what, four and a half thousand who've all got email addresses who all can all be sent a survey link which will tie into the whole data protection thing and said, would you fill in this? We're looking for feedback from our supporters. Would you take the time to fill in this survey monkey and be entered into a draw for hospitality? It costs the club nothing, but they get research. But again, I agree with you. I don't think the club think about this until it's too late. They'll think about it now because we've said it on a public forum. Other people have said it um 
as well to them in, in emails and correspondence to the club. But I personally think, Nathan, that there's, it's always and the fans, the core fan base, when it comes to decisions like this, are an afterthought. And you go back to when we're in that room when David Sharp explained the movement of the Hartlepool. Was it a Hartlepool last year, wasn't it, that got moved? Tranmere. The movement of the game last year. They're hardly going to turn around and, and say no because you're, it's a different environment that you're I in. You're, it's a smaller percentage. Most of us enjoy the experience of a night match. I like. don't. Well, most of us do. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think there's something magical about watching football under floodlights. But, you know, and, and one of our contributors, said, Chris, has said, Here's looking forward to the Warsaw game. If it's an overcast day, the lights are going to have to be on anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So nice one, Chris. I think uh, you know it, it is. It does leave us open to ridicule. Yeah. And a, and a club like ours shouldn't wish to have that that ridicule against itself. It's got pride in what it's achieved, and quite rightly, we've come from the bog hole of non-league and some shoddy, shoddy criminal owners to having a proper set of owners prepared to put their own money into the club. Club's slowly, <coughs> slowly developing in every area. And, and when all of a sudden, we look like penny pinchers. Yeah, and I think... I'm not that bothered if people think we're skint. Because it, the, we have the opposite, really, <laughs> for the last few years, where people think we've got loads of money, we're underachieving because we haven't got promotion, all this and that. Um, you know, we're, we're not skint. We, we know that, but... <laughs> I'm going to come back at you when you've finished. But, well, I know you're probably going to go. No, no, no. no. I've got rationale behind it. There was another point that I've literally completely forgot that. Sorry. Hopefully we'll try to remember. My point is, I'm thinking from a cynical media header now, they've grabbed this little beacon, ironically, of light, which they can try and make brighter by saying that Mansfield Town are cash-strapped. And what that does, it then cycles, because what it does is, We've not got promoted for the last X amount of years and we've put X amount of money in. The club are now, what they'll be trying to think in their heads is, can we take this down a path of the club are penny-pinching because they've not got promotion, they've chucked some X amount of money, but they're trying to get it back. The owners have moved to Portugal. Are they not interested? Are they looking to sell? They brought in David Shaw. Are they doing this, this and this? They're trying to take us down this road and become that club. There's always one every single season that they try and nitpick at and say they skin and they try and drop the negatives in. And we've got to this great place as a support of a club. We're on the cusp of something good and some arsehole somewhere with a hidden agenda to try and get clicks and clickbait is trying to put a negative spin on it. Fuck you. Does anyone think to As a club, we have deliberately made ourselves high profile. Carolyn can take a lot of responsibility for that. She is a media person. She likes to be in front of the lights. She likes to be on film. She, she, she delights in it. And, and I think the, the club has, rightly or wrongly, got this reputation of being a money bags club. I don't think we are. I think we're well managed now. Um, uh, but we are richer than most in this league. I'm pretty sure of that. And it's just a shame. And that turd, Simon, what's his name, used to be chairman of... Simon Jordan. Simon Jordan on, on TalkSport this week was having a real dig at Mansfield Town. He made us out to be a pathetic, poorly managed, withering little club. I don't listen to talks, but I wish I had because I'd have been inclined to ring well, in. It's a bit, it's a bit daft though because we we have done it, but for the last three, four weeks, it's been suggested everywhere that club should try it. So why all of a sudden because we're we're, we're doing it? We're made for, out to be as for being cash strapped. Obviously, we know different. Yeah, we know. You know, we know the real content of it. But like you said, it's similar because I mean, look how many times Nigel's actually bought the wage build down mm. we know everything Nigel's been bought in for that specific purpose he's a damn good manager he's done things at different places Burton Derby Sheffield United wherever and he's bought the wage build down to a, a you know to a what's the word I'm after a more a manageable yeah, level a, de a decent level which you know, is so we know the truth yeah. it, I don't think it particularly but matters what anybody else thinks says, why don't I try it well what you try things to learn something what are we going to learn by playing this game at one o'clock? We know already what the floodlights cost to put on to the penny. I could work it out with a piece of paper for them. They know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I agree more with you. If they're and, going to and, do it, it should be a league-wide league yeah, thing. I think so. And they're going to have a rough guess at how many fans they might lose because of this decision. They put one against the other and says, 
we're better off. But of uh, course, what we've got this year is four and a half thousand pounds, four and a half thousand season tickets in the bank. Yeah, so you can which we've never had before. A lot of new there. ones. Yeah. Well, why, why yeah. piss yeah. them off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. To a extent as well. And the thing on the back of that as well is, you know, talking about the, the, the whole league thing, I'm completely with you. It should be a whole league directive. They're looking at how it will impact crowds. Well, looking at Mansfield versus Warsaw, which is an hour and a half, you know, ish journey, that doesn't impact at all. But it would impact, impact if it was Barrow against Sutton United. Well, don't you think if you were a Hartlepool fan travelling mm. to, to see your team play at Mansfield Town, you'd be mighty unimpressed by the fixture being switched from a Saturday. Yeah. 100%. To a night, yeah. As, Tranmere but, fans as I was when we went to Tranmere on the you know, the fright last year, yeah. it was all right for me because I could make a weekend out of it and I was being paid to be there. Yeah. But if it was, if I was a fan this year, it utterly pissed me off because also it's a day off work, you know, and it, it doesn't fit into my calendar. Yeah. Both clubs have to agree. That's, that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying the EFL will have approached. It yeah. wasn't, it's not our decision. The EFL yeah, have definitely approached us and Warsaw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean about I'm the yeah. sure one, especially. Well, it means we don't have to stay overnight. We can come travel down on the day. That saves us some money, and we're going to lose a few of our fans. Won't be able to get collateral damage. Yeah, you know that's the some, problem in this world. Sometimes you've got to look at it though as collateral. But 100%. you're also not going to please every fan member of the fan base. So we say about the there does have to be more link between the the club and and the fans when it comes to getting feedback, etc. You know the research that you mentioned earlier. But sometimes they have just got to bite the bullet in some some instances and just go for it because you're never going to please everyone. So you can also slightly see it from the club's point of view. If they want to try something, they know they're not going to get be 100% popular with it. But if they want to, if they need to, well, feel a need to do it, they've just got to go for it. All I all I ask is that if my thought process is right, that it is the EFL, if it was the EFL, let's break the norm and let's not take responsibility for it as a make us look like mugs. Let's Let's normalised coming out and saying we've been approached we've, we've agreed, we've agreed to, try to try it it's not us that's it we'll see what it we'll see what it is and then that would have been fine for me makes Mansfield Town look, look like, like mugs club that's been the first to blink yeah in yeah. the face of the energy cost going up and the irony is we've just invented investing hundreds of thousand pounds on solar paneling at the, at the club <laughs> yeah so actually energy impact is going to be much much less for us exactly it's it's, it's <laughs> very very I silly we've all had a grief on that yes we have and apparently you know there's some national team which are playing later on i've couldn't really give a shit about to be honest and to be honest <laughs> the only person that said let's move this from seven from 7.30 to 6.30 it was Cameron he's not even fucking bothered to turn up so have you noticed his language is getting yeah I've, I've, this is what when you move kickoff time yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> moving times messes with people's brains I basically want to see if Facebook's uh, automated general captions will put the word fuck on screen. That's what I'm trying to, <laughs> try and figure out. So there you go. Right. Um, let's move very, very quickly on to... Four. <laughs> four candles, was it? Uh, Hartlepool, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, let's keep it brief because we've gone over the hour. Uh, it is the return of Mr. Curl, isn't it? Looking it forward is. to uh, seeing him. Yes, he should be there. And, uh, you know, he'll probably be hoping to uh, put a spanner in the works. But I don't think he will. I fancy a good... Uh, good hiding for them Friday to be honest uh, Clive your thoughts on it uh, I think he will make some difference to that club but not this quickly I think we'll beat him easily uh, Nathan delighted it's a Friday night no sorry um, <laughs> yeah it'll be it, it's one of these where we, we we probably go in to expect to win don't we so um, the pressure's on us to a certain extent but early goal we should be alright yeah right let's turn our attentions to podcast predictions now I was going to reveal the table for podcast predictions because Saturday's game should have been the final game of the month but then some dickhead decided to move a game from three o'clock on a Saturday in one month to another month so uh, we'll have to wait another another oh, week's fine we there so uh, let's go with uh, Nathan let's start with you for podcast predictions this week Stags against Hartlepool outcome scoreline and goal time please Mansfield Town win that's great 4-0 <laughs> Go on. Even though we can't score at the minute. Well, obviously we can, but um, 4-0 and first goal. We've got to get four in there. It's got to be an early one. So I'm going to go with 15. Okay. Uh, Clive, going to come to you next. 3-0 win, eighth minute. Oh, nice and easy. Uh, Alan, you're next. I had a premonition about this. I was telling Nathan, come in. 3-0, 14. 
3-0, 14th minute. Um, I am going to go with the fact that we will concede a goal um, and we'll go for 3-1. Uh, yeah, always. And I will go with the second minute. I think it's going to be a flying start. And do you know what? Get ready. It won't be a flying start. Get no points for this, but I'll say it anyway. It'll be a flying start for them. We'll go one nil down and then come back with a vengeance. Here's a question for you: Did anybody predict eighty seventh minute for no. true? I can't tell you that. Say I don't know. And two, it's Can against I, the rules. You have to wait until the end of the month. There's another prediction: fiftieth minute football failure. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite ironic, wouldn't it? Given everything <laughs> that's Simon happening. Um, yes, <laughs> crying. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before we let you go, of course, the stags are on the road as well. Um, a week on Saturday. Barrow away. Looking forward to a long trip up there. Looking, looking forward, forward to it. Yeah. Uh, 9 a.m. departure from the One Course Stadium, providing it stays at a 3 o'clock kickoff. Otherwise, it would be a We're 7 a.m. We're yes. going tonight, yeah. Uh, if you want to go with the SSA, £20 for an Amber or Junior member, £25 for a Blue member, and £30 for a non-SSA member. The number you need to call or text is... 07967689597. And that number again? Oh seven nine six seven six eight nine five nine seven. So book yourself on the bus. We might even break out the bingo. How's about that? Oh, hey. biscuit, bingo. biscuit bingo. Yes, let's bring biscuit bingo to the bus because then we could have an Alan Wilson jingle, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget, it's not biscuits, it's kebab. That is very, very true. Right. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, thanks very much for joining us again. If you're off to watch that international crap. You're better off watching paint dry. Um, we'll see you uh, again soon. Come Don't know when. Um, when are we? You know, see again. Throw me schedule out. See, I go to London on Sunday, so there won't be a podcast on uh, Sun before the Derby game unless we record one on Saturday morning. You know, they've moved, moved Derby forward to Sunday. Go away, Nathan. <laughs> I'm going to punch Nathan Edge, so he can't go to the chippy. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks, as always, to the panel for joining me and drinking me out of tea and biscuits. Thanks to you guys at home as well for watching along on the live feed and, of course, listening to the recorded version of this whenever you decide to listen to it. As always, you can play along with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description. Make sure that you do it one hour and one minute before kickoff for your vote to count especially if you want to get on that leaderboard before the end of the month. Who will be top? Will it still be me at the end of the month? I hope so. I genuinely, genuinely hope so. Should have cancelled the game at the end of last month, shouldn't I, when I was top? Oh, well. As always, you live and learn. Make sure that you uh, give us a like on all our social media to keep up to date of when we're going to be next live as well. For now, though, this is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because whether it's in the first minute or the 91st minute, Mansfield will always matter. Good night. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans